Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor. And the Dane Bradshaw to his Chris Lofton, Jake. <laughs> Gives you sports betting tips. I'm Professor Sides. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Thursday, March 17th, 2022. And this episode covers all of Friday's first round NCAA tournament games. You can find Thursday games covered in previous episodes. We're going to post those up at the top of the screen. Jake, point up. Yep, we're going we're gonna to post those up there that way. So you can click those if you need the Thursday games and come back and watch these. We're also going to post those links in the description. We've got you covered on all the March Madness games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts what spread and total should be for every Division One college basketball game. And as I go through the plays, remember that A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the leans However, always remember the good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable on each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Jake, if people are listening to this before the tournament starts here, they still have a chance to get into that March Madness bracket pool. Tell the people where they can find that. It's on ESPN in the tournament challenge. It's picks with the professor, the name of the show for the group. The password is professor. As long as you get in there before noon, you're good to go. All righty. Before we get to today's slate, a reminder, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Subscribe or follow if you aren't yet. It's the only way to ensure that you don't miss any of the March Madness content or the MLB content coming in under a month. Share with a friend if you know others in the game and drop a comment on Twitter or YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. Also, we have a new partnership with ABC Island Sportsbook. Users who sign up using the link on the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com or my Twitter bio, or use that promo code PROFBETS, that's P-R-O-F-B-E-T-S. You can get minus 105 lines for the tournament games through Friday, so that's kind of the, the big thing there, right? It's it's mm-hmm. minus 105 lines there. You can protect yourself from losses. You can bet the same amount, win an extra little bit. Uh, I'm going to talk about actually some minus 105 lines uh, later. It actually swung one of my picks specifically. Um, you know, people – don't think about this a lot, but I mean, if you're doing this day in and day out, the difference between 51%, 52%, 53% is hard to get those extra percentage points. But the difference between minus 105 and minus 110 is a full percentage point of games that you have to win. If you're if you're betting minus 105 lines and you win 52%, you're making money. If you win 52% on minus 110 odds, you're losing money, right? So that kind of matters, right? So, so be thinking about that. Check out uh, that promo code, those links there, get some minus 105 lines, and that could be the difference between a profitable uh, tournament or not. So something to consider there. And then real last note before we get started, there have been a couple of injury notes. If you're uh, uh, looking back at the Thursday games, right, the big guy for San Francisco is out. And so the numbers move towards Murray State. I'm not updating my numbers on that. Just make a manual mental note if you're looking at the sheet and what I make that game. Uh, we both like the Murray State. Hopefully you got that around that pickle number uh, as it's already out to about minus two. Uh, kind of tells you that maybe shift my number about two points as well because if the books are shifting two points, that seems like a pretty good amount that you should shift mine as well. Uh, point guard for Michigan also out. Uh, that number's gone towards Colorado State. Uh, I had a total on that one, but Jake, you had Colorado State, so uh, hopefully people got that as well. So we've got a couple of good luck things already, not that we want anybody injured, of course, but uh, numbers moving our way, so hopefully you got those, uh, got some good value there. Jake, we're going to cover all 16 Friday games in this episode. I'm going to hopefully keep this under an hour. That's our goal. So at some point, I'm just going to stop talking and just be like, whatever, <laughs> we got to get out of here. Uh, we're going to go in time order here. Uh 
to start off with Loyola Chicago versus Ohio State, a pick them. So we should start off our day with some interesting basketball. Uh, the model makes it also a pick them. The model does not know which way this should go. Uh, but also gives it a total of 135. So I'm giving you a B pick on over 100. Sorry, the model makes 135. I'm giving you over 132.5 as a B pick. The Ohio State defense is somehow below average of all NCAA teams, according to Ken Palm Efficiency. It kind of blows my mind that you have any tournament Big Ten team with a below average defense. Loyola's defense we know is good, but Ohio State has a great offense. And so I, I just think this number is too low that people are thinking Big Ten team must have a good defense, that sort of thing. But Ohio State's offense carries them. And I think that's going to be enough to get us over this number. And there's always the question about full game, half game, live betting. And I know people have different philosophies here. I'm not going to necessarily recommend one or the other on this game. I'm just going to give you something to think about. As you're making your wagers here, the benefit to live betting is I is if you think that we're going to see a first a slow first four minutes or a fast first four minutes, if you if you want the under or something and you're trying to get a different number, there are a lot of benefits to that. Always consider the downside, though, right? I like the full game over personally, but it's not again, it's, it's your perspective, your preference, right? It's your money. I like the full game because I get the full 40 minutes and I don't really know when there's going to be more or less points. If I could pin that, then. You know, it, I'd, I'd be a, a fortune teller, right? It's, it's, it's almost impossible to know exactly how that'll play out. So if you think you have a reason why it'll maybe start slow or whatever, but sometimes these tournament and sometimes in these tournament games, sometimes we do. So something to consider here, early tip, neutral set, it might start slow, something to think about. But sometimes you see the teams come out, you know, burning the place down and they'll be, you know, 15 points by the, uh, you know, before we even get to the first TV timeout. So it, it's just something to consider there on the full game versus a half versus a live, how you're playing that. Either way, I'm liking the over. I think that the number is too low here. Jake, Loyola, Chicago versus Ohio State. You just got to pick the winner. Who's it going to be? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think I'm going – I know I'm going Loyola, Chicago, but where's this one at? I can't remember. Oh, gosh. Um, but I was just going to mention with the live lines, if you're, if you're looking at teams that are switching like, – coasts almost like going from east to west or west to east that's something to consider with a slow first half like when you're looking at that um that that might help you decide those things but our game, like is, in, game is in pittsburgh oh so that will affect either of these teams yeah. um I, I like Loyola chicago here their defense is really good everybody wants to talk about their defense but everybody forgets their offense is very good too they are seventh in effective field goal percentage they are 14th and three-point percentage, and they make about nine a game, so they shoot really good. They're hot. Um, they've got, like, an NBA talent, I think, in uh, Lucas Williamson. Either way, that guard, their main scorer, their guard is very, very good. Um, their defense is rock solid. You're not going to get anything past them. Um, they can get a little sloppy, but um, I don't think that is – going to happen in this game because one the Ohio State's defense is just not very good um their guards are their weak point and that's that's where you force most of your turnovers they really depend on EJ Liddell um defending the rim and like with teams have started dragging him away from the rim that really hurts that um they've all Ohio State's also got some injuries right so we don't like it says young is questionable he's he was sick so we don't know I mean, that's really hard. It's not COVID, but it's really hard to judge, like, how somebody feels because you can't really tell. Um, Key's got his ankle. Uh, Jackson Jr. has another ankle. And then Suing and uh, Towns haven't played 
hardly I don't think Sewing's played at all this year and Towns hasn't played in a couple months and they're says indefinite on the report injury report. So that's that's a big those are big losses for this Ohio State team, especially like that means they're really thin and down low they don't really have a banger. They've just got a like a very athletic and very great player, DJ Liddell. I just don't think there's enough help around him. Um their offense is incredible and he's the reason why because he can step out, hit hit a really deep three or back you down. He's very athletic and they can run a little bit, but I just I don't think they've got the guards to keep up. The defense is going to let them down and Loyola will win. All right, so Jake likes Loyola. I'm on the over there, so two good angles for us to start off our Friday. At 11.40 a.m. Central, we've got Jacksonville State versus Auburn. Auburn is a 15.5-point favorite with a total of 139. I'm taking Jacksonville State plus 15.5 points as a B pick. Auburn's going to win on both sides of the ball. They're going to have an advantage on the offense. When they're on offense, they're going to have an advantage on defense. Uh, It's just too many points for me with an Auburn team that uh, has kind of come back to earth after that incredible run, you know, mid-early in the season. Um, in general, I just think the default on these big and these big lines should your default, I think, should be take the dog. Um, I think when you're laying the points, it should be very calculated, very here's your specific reasons why. I think you want to take the dog, and I, I talked about this yesterday you know, three out of four ish, two out of three, whatever. Um, the dogs are going to cover more because what people do is they get up to Vegas and they say, eh, you know. This team's going to win. Sure, I, I absolutely think Auburn's going to win, but there are a lot of numbers between one and 15 and a half that Auburn can win by. And again, uh, I'm specific. Exactly. I was wondering, I was, I was, in my, I was like, <laughs> can I figure this out? I don't know. It's like doing math on the top of my head, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So a lot of ways that Jacksonville State can absolutely lose this game, but still cover the number. I don't think Jacksonville State loses by one or two, but I think they lose by 10, 11, 12, 13. I mean, there's just a lot of ways that they can cover this number. Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Auburn has not been playing well of late, and they they shoot themselves out of games at times. I don't think they're going to shoot themselves into a loss here, but I think I think it'll stay right around this number and get, and then Jacksonville State will kind of get more like at the back door when they start like, ending the game early. Uh, it's just, I mean, there's not a matchup in this world for Walker Kessler and uh, Jabari Smith down around the rim. So I don't think Jacksonville State really has a chance, but they've got a little bit of extra motivation. They're the team. Everybody's like, hey, you shouldn't be here. It's not right. like the, rule, the rules did like you got lucky. You don't deserve it. And so I think that's a little extra motivation. Like, hey, we're going to go out and prove it. So I think maybe that first four minutes of that media timeout, they may come out and shock Auburn a little bit, like and maybe be up five points or so at that media timeout and just like just enough to like zap, zap Auburn back into playing just – because they've got that little extra, hey, we want to show out and uh, show that we belong here. So and that's something to kind of look at, but I, I think they stay within this number. Yeah, and it's, it's funny you talk about that. It's such a weird scenario that I think we all kind of default since we knew that uh, Bellarmine, Bellarmine was not going to be able to make the tournament. We all just kind of assume that whoever they would, if they want, whoever they beat in the championship game would make it. And then, of course, the rule would, Back and they were figuring that out like the night before, two nights before, whatever. So that whole crazy situation, Jacksonville State didn't even make. It's not only that they didn't win the conference tournament; they didn't even make the conference tournament championship game. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, a lot of uh, you know, all oh, they don't deserve to be here, whatever. Might 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 make enough, uh, might give them enough fight at the end. They may not give up. They may you know say we're not going to lose by twenty. You know, we're going to yeah. try to make this respectable. And then uh, an hour after that, we've got Montana State 
versus Texas Tech. And I see this being very similar, right? Tech's going to win on both sides of the ball, but that's just a lot of points. I'm taking the 15 points with Montana State as a B pick. I also think the under is a solid look on this one, under 132 and a half. The model thinks it should only be 130 and a half. Montana State has not seen a defense like this, and they have no reason to push the tempo. If they do, they're just going to turn it over. So I don't see any reason Montana State pushes it. I think it's going to limit the possessions, and that's going to help us cover because more possessions means more ways for Tech to run away with this, and I think we're going to see fewer possessions in this game. So I see this game and the previous game being similar. The Auburn game will have a few more points, of course, but I, I see it being very similar in a the underdog doesn't really want to doesn't really want to push the pace. I think the favorite probably wins by about 13 or so. Um, I think when you're getting 15, 15 and a half points, it makes a lot of sense to just take some of these dogs. They say every, for every three dog, like three dogs like this, you take, you're going to win two of them. That's going to make you some money. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm with you with Montana state, uh, Texas Tech's offense disappears at times. So they're, they're almost guaranteed to go a three or four, maybe even five minute stretch and not, and not score there. Not because Montana state's doing anything. It's just, they don't, they're not a great shooting team, so if they're not getting layups off turnovers, they they struggle a little bit at times. And, and I feel like, and I feel like watching Tech sometimes they struggle to create good yeah. looks. They kind of get stagnant. Like you said, then it just becomes jump shots. And and when they when they can get turnovers, get layups is different, right? But yeah, when they get the half court sets, sometimes they sometimes they look good and they can generate offs. Other times, yeah, they just it, they just go to jump shots and you know long range shots, and you can easily miss a bunch of those in a row. Yeah, like. Their problem is they don't have that guy, right? Like they've got a bunch of good guys, but they don't have. And it's not that any of them are careless. They've. They might be the problem of too many and indecisiveness. Like, okay, who's the guy? And they just don't have that. That's going to create their own shot. It should be Shannon Jr., but they, they seem to go away from him. Want to go to O'Bannon or uh, Williams, but uh, I don't know why. Um, but Montana State should really should be able to keep this within the number, just because I think there'll be a couple gaps like that where. Texas Tech gets the score, but then like the defense keeps it close, like because they're not going to allow Montana State to score. So right. I don't think this one gets out too far. Right. And we, t- we talked about this uh, yesterday. There's always one really ugly, you know, 50 to 35 type game. This is definitely also a candidate for that where Montana State's not going to score, but I don't have confidence. It's something we talked about yesterday, too. I don't really have confidence in laying a big number with a team unless I'm like that offense can just score every time they have the ball. And I, you don't say that about Tech, right? They're not going to give up a lot of points, but Montana State doesn't have to score that many to, to cover such a big number yeah. um, given given the Tech offense just being so uh, inconsistent. At 1 p.m. Central, we have Yale and Purdue. Right now, this is Purdue minus 16 and a half. The model thinks it should be Purdue minus 17. If you saw, I posted my numbers on the Google Sheet. I tweeted my numbers out. Uh, most of the numbers have moved my direction. This one really has, if... Earlier in the week, this was Purdue minus 15. If you got 15, kudos to you, given that I think it should be 17. If y'all have been around for any time, you know that a two-point difference like that is definitely a solid play. It would have been a B pick for me. At 16.5, it's a pass. I think Purdue's probably still the right side. I just don't like laying 16.5 versus 15, but it's not what I'm taking the points. right? A lot of these big dogs, I'm taking the points. I'm not taking them with Yale. I think that Purdue is definitely the the smarter side. Instead, I'm going to take over 143. It's a C pick for me, only a lean. The model thinks it should be 144. Yale's better on offense than defense, and they like to push the pace. Uh, Purdue, I feel like, is going to be perfectly happy with that. The reason also this is a C pick, the Purdue overs just haven't been good to us lately. Both these teams have kind of shaded under lately. 
So I don't have a ton of confidence in this play, but I'd rather be on the over than the under. So that's why it's a C pick for me over 143. I think it should just be a shade higher than that. Not one I love, but uh, that's kind of the best thing I can give you for this game. Jake, can you sell our listeners on something with a little more confidence than I did? See, I, I really like Purdue here. Um, Yale hasn't seen a seven foot four guy before, and not that many people have. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't think I have either, personally. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you're not going to know what to do with him down on the block. They're not going to know what to do. Um, Ivy is a top five, predicted top five pick, and rightfully so. He can just take over a game at any point. Yale doesn't have the defense to keep this within the number. Purdue's actually been better on defense here recently, which mm-hmm. I mean, yep. so they're getting closer to average instead of which bad. is which is why the uh, which is why the over yeah. kind of fell apart for us there because they've actually and, started playing better defensively. And I think Painter, if Painter has any brains in his head, he'll test out some defensive stuff, defensive situations here because I think they're going to be up enough that they'll be able to like use the last part of the second half as practice with the way Newman's playing, making sure that wasn't just a flash in the pan. Um, see how Hunter Hunter's feeling, and like that kind of thing. Play with a little bit, get Sasha some rhythm shots. So I think they take care of business, get this up around around twenty twenty five, and keep it around there. All right, Jake, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna create some trauma here for you. At what point? At what minute of this game, if Yale hangs in there, do you start having flashbacks to like Purdue and whoever it was Nichols or whatever that like oh, they let them right. hang in those? Is it like five minutes in? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it like five minutes in, ten minutes? In? Like, at what point are you like, oh crap, Purdue? Don't do this again. Like, or at what point are you just like, nah, it's okay, it's okay. So it's kind of kind of two points, right? The, the first four minutes tells you a lot because it tells you how how in it Purdue is. So like, if they're not really engaged and that that they're behind after the first four minutes, because it's really hard to jump it up to twenty. Um, after if you're behind in the first four minutes, and then the set like if you're still feeling kind of confident, then you look at the first four minutes of the second half, that first media timeout there. If Yale is still in the game, it there's, there's too much belief in the, those kids. The Yale has got they've got they've got nothing to lose here, right? They're a 16 point underdog, so they're yeah. they're going to be throwing everything at it. So if you don't have them not put away, but if you don't have like a 10, 12 point lead going into that and it's kind of feeling like it's getting away then there's no way this Purdue team does it they've given up 20 point leads all year <laughs> yep yep um 1:45 p.m central delaware versus villanova villanova is a 15 point favorite i'm gonna lay the points here with villanova i'm gonna think villanova minus 15 it's a b pick specifically because it's uh i, I got minus 105 odds on that uh again i'm using one sports book for these picks so i'm not shopping around I always encourage you to shop around so every time if you can get those minus 105 lines everywhere you can that's going to be a great benefit to you I, i'm not doing that because i don't want to show that i can you know be fantastic you know with this with this endeavor because i've shopped around um because i i, I know everybody shops around a little bit different rates and different you know that sort of thing so uh, I'm going to leave that to you. So always shop around, of course, but the book that we are using here uh, was Villanova minus 15, minus 105. That minus 105 mattered. That made it a B pick for me. The model thinks it should be a little bit closer to 16. The mismatch here, I think, is bigger than all of the other big spreads. Uh, not that Delaware is a bad team. It's just I think that the difference between how good Villanova's offense is and Delaware's defense is pretty large. The difference between Delaware's offense and Villanova's defense pretty large. It stretches out more there. I think Villanova has no problem here, and I think they can run away. I think this one might get ugly. 
Yeah, the only way Delaware does is they can pull Jameer Nelson out of the stands, let him play with his son. He's got one more good game in him. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way they're saying under this number because uh, this is just this Delaware team's good team. I've I've done well playing with them this year. It's just this is a bad draw. Villanova is a very very good team. They play at a rate that is really hard to get them off their game, and if any threes are going in, they're deadly. Um, if you miss, they're going to take advantage of it. There's, they slow the game, take the possessions out of it, but and they play such good defense that it's so hard to score. I just uh, I don't see a way Delaware stays in this. And the Custings, I was hoping Delaware would get a bit. I was hoping to be able to play them against a team. Like if they would have been the Montana State team, I would have been on, I would have been on them or yeah. not Montana State uh, Yale. I'd have been on mm-hmm. them with Purdue, but this right. is uh, not not yeah. a good job for them. Yeah, Villanova not a team I want. To, I want any part of fading at this time of year with how good they've looked. And, and like I said, that guard play, uh, they can just they can just put you away, and and you're not coming back with the way that they take take control of the ball and the way they shoot free throws. You're not coming back against them. Eighty percent as a team. It's nuts. It's nuts. Uh, Two p.m. Central. Miami versus USC. USC is a short one and a half point favorite with a total of hundred and forty. Look, if you think you know what you're getting in this game, good luck. I mean, <laughs> Miami's been mostly a good luck team, but that runs out eventually. USC's been pretty inconsistent all season. Uh, we all know USC is not as good as their record. That's why they're seated so low. So, I mean, that's baked in. You know, the over probably isn't a crazy look here. I'm going to trust the math. The model says USC minus three. I'm going to take a B pick on USC minus one and a half, but it's not a pick that I love just because I don't know what I'm getting with either one of these teams. If the number, you know, it's it's a small number, uh, which is why I'm lying with USC. If it was any bigger, you know, then I think you flip and take the points in Miami, but I'm not sure what to make of either one of these teams. Jake, do you have any uh, brilliant insight on on two teams that I kind of just shrug at? Uh, I think USC is a fraud team. They wins against the tournament field all year, and both those are at home. Um, so it's it's not a good – Miami team is plays up. They like to play up to their competition. Like you can see when they play good teams, they step up a little more. Like when they've played Duke and they beat Duke and Cameron, um, they're very good. They've got an athletic big guy that can stay stay with Mobley with Vanderwall or Vanderhausen. I can't. He's one of those Dutch names, um, but he, he can step out and shoot the three. He's very move well. They've got some really good guards. Larinek is a great coach. He's been there, done that, made a run, took George Mason to the Final Four. Um, so that, that's, I mean. And I really think this Miami team's a little – they, they struggled a little bit during the middle of the year, dropped some games they shouldn't have, so that kind of led to the seed. I'm not saying that the committee seeded them wrong. Their resume just didn't do it. I, I just think that they are the better team here. I think they win um, very easily. Uh, but Miller is the guy to watch for them, right? Uh, if Miller is going good, that means their offense is running smoothly because he, he's the guy gets it going. He's not probably like – fifth or sixth down the list, but he's just the guy that makes the plays. Um, they are a little – they're going to be a little undersized for USC's guards. So they should – if USC's smart and Andy, Andy Infield's a great coach, um, they'll post up Peterson. Um, but I just don't think they've got enough shooting in them to 
put this uh, Miami team away, and I think Miami will win. All right, all right. Uh, Notre Dame and Alabama. Notre Dame. Uh, I think that game finally ended. I'm not sure. We'll have to. We'll have to check. Uh, Say right there. Right there. You go. There you go. Uh, Bama is a four point favorite in this game. Total of 151. I pegged the total pretty spot on. I've got a B pick on Notre Dame plus four with a big asterisk of I hope they have legs. That's my only fear with Notre Dame is playing so late, playing so long now, uh, you know, having to travel as well. This is one where I might look again. I'm not trying to say this is I'm, I'm taking full game. I think full game is always a smarter play, but just something to consider. You know, usually I would never consider a first half side bet. I would just, wouldn't just flat out just say, no, just take the whole game. Like crazier things happen in 20 minutes than 40. Crazy things happen in 40 already. You know, crazier things happen in 20. Uh, but this one, maybe a Notre Dame first half makes sense, have some adrenaline. Uh, if Bama starts off a little slow with the whole neutral site thing where Notre Dame's like, now nah, we've been doing this neutral site thing. I, just something to consider there. If Notre Dame's legs get fatigued later in the game, that might kind of hurt them a little bit. So maybe a Notre Dame first half. I'm taking Notre Dame plus four for the full game. It's a B pick for me. Alabama's just been all over the map. If the good Alabama shows up, they're going to make a run. If the bad Alabama shows up, they're losing this game right here. So uh I think plus four offers some value because I don't think they should be favored by that many points. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Notre Dame also. Uh, I don't – last night going the two overtimes hurts. Like, like Not ideal. A little bit because they're thin. <laughs> yeah. And then having to travel, you know, all that, like that that kind of hurts. But I still go their way. Bray's a great coach. Um, they've got Paul Atkinson Jr. who's playing out of his mind to hit the game winner. If They've got a really good – who struggled at first and uh, and then later in the second half started to make the plays. And so I think getting those first NCAA tournament jitters out for him was a great – like the playing game I think did wonders for him except for the double overtime part. But um, like so I think that really got them going. Um, they're, they're an older team. Like I said, Atkinson Jr. and uh, Goody and – Couple of the other guys are older guys. They've been they've been to a tournament or two. They they understand how to do that, how to do this whole tournament thing. And uh, I think they'll be able to calm them down and keep keep this game under control and not turn the ball over because they're already really good at not doing it. I think those Alabama's going to want to push the pace and shoot a crazy amount of threes, and they're shooting so bad this year. They're around 30%. In the last three, it's like 26. And they still hit nine a game. That means they're shooting like 100 threes and missing the vast majority of them. Um, and, I mean, everybody, I think he was a preseason SEC first team, expected so much out of Cornerly, And he's been relegated to a bench role in the last few games. Um, so they really they really need him to step up. They've got, they've got the three guards that do most of the scoring, right? You've got Cornerly, uh, Shackle for – but if – any of those guys are off that they, they don't know what to do. And all, most of the year, two of the three have been off. Um, they take so many shots to get to their point, their average, or their average. It, it just kills that team. They turn the ball over way too much. They're, they're not, they're, they've been playing Swiss cheese kind of defense. And uh, I just don't think, I don't think they've got it in them to do beat the sort of Notre Dame team um, with the double overtime and maybe a little fatigue. It, they might still win, but I don't think it gets outside that four number. All right. And then at 3.30 Central, we've got Virginia Tech versus Texas. This one's a pick with a total of 123 and a half. 
The model leans Texas, but I want no part of that play. Texas has kind of done a little better on offense as of late, but it's come at the same time that their defense hasn't looked as good. They just can't seem to figure it out. If they do, they're capable of making a run, but that's not a bet that I want to make because it just hasn't happened yet, and we've been waiting for it all season. I think the play is over. I've got a B pick on over 123.5. The model thinks 127. If the recent run of Texas offense looking a little bit better, but their defense kind of struggling, we've long talked about how their defense struggles a little bit more away from home. I think people are underestimating just how many points will be scored in this game. 123 and a half is not a lot of points. I think we can get closer to 130. So I like the over here. I don't think I love playing Virginia Tech necessarily if you're looking at sides, but I sure would not want to back Texas. Jake, are you brave enough to back Virginia Tech or are you going with Texas? I'm, I'm taking Virginia Tech here. I, I think they, they are shooting the ball so well right now, but I mean – Everybody's going to act like that was a flash in the pan. No, they've been shooting the ball very well all year. They're the third th- third in three-point percentage at 38%. They just happened to shoot above 40 during the ACC tournament. Um, they they are just a very good team. you got to remember they're very good team that made a run. You've got their coach. You've got Storm Murphy and Connor, or the guy went off against Duke, that all came from there, that Wolford team. They've been, so they've been playing together. They've had that tournament. And then they're an older team at Virginia Tech. You've got Alma and Mutz, who are older guys who have been there from that have have a little trouble with uh like, like getting to the tournament. So they're excited to be here. So I'm I'm thinking this Virginia Tech team's gonna come out to play. They've got a decent defense and and nothing crazy good about it or anything, but you know, just solid enough and they're very well coached. Um they're they're really good at force are in the top 40 in the nation forcing those turnovers. And I think that's where Texas is going to come, that's going to come back to bite them because Texas just away from home. It's like they're a completely different team. Uh, they don't, it's like they don't even play the same game. Um, is all they've got, especially away from home. And I think Virginia Tech's got enough to make his life difficult because he's not overly tall. I mean, he's a great player and he'll still get his, but he's, I think they'll just make him inefficient and, there's just not enough help around him right now. Like Andrew Jones hasn't had a great year. Remy, uh, not Remy Martin, uh, Courtney Ramey's not had a great year. DeSue's been kind of disappointing. Pull this together like, offensively to figure it out. The defense has been there, but it's been slacking here recently. They've lost their last three in a row. Um, and their offense is only scoring 61 points. They're going to need at least 65 to win this game. And I just don't see him getting there with with how this Virginia Tech team plays. And you talked about Virginia Tech being solid all season. The advanced metrics have liked them a lot more than you know the books have because of that kind of all season. If you've uh, followed any advanced metrics, most of them have said play Virginia Tech probably about two out of three times. Um, and then of course it really came to fruition in the ACC tournament. Yeah, and that takes us to. Yep, and that takes us to our evening slate of games. Chattanooga versus Illinois is going to kick us off there with those at 550 Central. The model thinks Illinois should be a five-and-a-half-point favorite. So I've got our first A pick of the Friday slate here on Chattanooga, plus eight. Chattanooga's a step behind Illinois on both offense and defense. Illinois is a better team. That's why I said I have Illinois minus five-and-a-half. 
I just think this is way too many points here. Illinois is better than Chattanooga, but not by that much. Uh, and then, of course, you have the whole situation with Curbelo and how he affects that Illinois team. You know, is it one of those uh, subtraction by addition type things where adding him in just affects how they play, affects who's uh, got the ball, who's taking the shots. You might have seen the, the metric running around about how their record the last two years with him playing none, a little versus a lot. And some of that is about who they've played in those games. So it's not quite as straightforward maybe as that looks, but I mean, there is something to be said for, they just look, they just don't look as good offensively with him in there. They just haven't, and I'm not saying they can't figure it out. They just haven't quite figured out a way to get everyone to coexist and to look good together. So I think eight's way too many points. I get an A pick for you on Chattanooga plus eight. Jake, are you riding with me? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all over this Chattanooga team. I've been riding them all year. Um, I think they stand a decent chance to win this game. Um, they've got an NBA-type guard with Malachi Smith who's averaging over 20 points a game. And I don't know if you remember it from a few years ago, or not, he's a good player. D'Souza, they transferred from Kansas because that's the guy that got into some trouble, ran into the stands. Um, so he, you know, um, that, that whole situation aside, in my personal opinion aside, he's a good player. He can bang. He's strong enough to bang. He's not tall. He's, I think he's six eight nine. So if Kofi's going to have a few inches on him, but he's strong enough to make Kofi's life difficult, um, get some foul trouble there. Their offense looks completely different. Um, Illinois has got Grandison, who's their best shooter, who's questionable, and their best backup uh, guard or post guy for. Uh, and Kofi is also questionable for the game, so or the Big Ten tournament. So it kind of, I don't know how much healing they've done in that week or so. So, uh, but I really think Chattanooga's got a good chance to pull this off. Um, but like you were saying with the whole Curbelo thing, it's, I think it has a lot to do with he's not that great of a catch-do kind of shooter. He's more of off the dribble kind of guy, and Kofi can't move out move more than five feet outside the bucket so it just clogs things up and i think that's that's where the issues get into because you're you've got two guys that need to be closer to the bucket and it just doesn't work well um i mean illinois can get hot and put this game away and win this by 25 if they want to with the way they can shoot i just don't think they can the isn't terrible but it's not bad like there isn't great but it's not bad like they are a decent defense. I think they'll be able to do enough here. They're an older team, experienced team. Uh, Baptiste and, and Malachi Smith are very good. I think they'll have enough. And remember, Baptiste hit, could hit uh, triple-teamed buzzer-beating shots from the logo to, to win games. So, that, I mean, they're, they've been tested this year. So, it's it'll be should be a fun one to watch. I'm excited for it. Yep, absolutely. At 6 p.m., 6.10 p.m. Central Time, we have Cal State Fullerton versus Duke. Duke is a whopping 18.5-point favorite. The model says Duke minus 16.5, which if you've paid attention to what the model says, you look through the sheet, that is one of the bigger spreads, one of the bigger projected spreads. Uh, I just don't think it's inflated. I'm taking Cal State Fullerton plus 18.5 as a B pick. Uh, the Cal State Fullerton offense matches up very well with Duke's defense. I think they will score. The other way around, not so much. Duke is going to have a field day with this Cal State Fullerton defense. Duke should score basically at will. But I think Colorado State's offense is uh, good enough to score on Duke's defense and lose and lose bad but still lose not by more than 19 it's just too many points here uh, i think if anyone's listening to this podcast for any time 
we know where you're going with the shake. There is zero suspense. So tell us how you're a homer today. Much prefer this number at around 16. Uh, this 18 and a half is going to be rough, um, but I'll lean that way just because I think they've been struggling here in the last half of the year on defense. Like their defense started out great when they beat Gonzaga and things like that. And then when they also beat the crap out of North Carolina, North Carolina incredible defense. Um, I think it's going to lean that way. Um, Coach K is not one for emptying his bench early. He will try to take the air out of the ball in the last four minutes. So if they're if they're not up in the 20-25 range in that last four minutes, it's going to be real scary for this 18-and-a-half because he likes to run it down to 10 seconds and then run a pick and roll. And I don't see a way – I don't see very many ways that Cal State Fullerton scores enough to get in this. It's more or less if Duke forgets to play defense on those possessions. All right, and that, that takes us to 6 p, 6.20 p.m. Central, Iowa State versus LSU. LSU is a four-point favorite. I've got the second A pick of the day for you here on LSU, minus four. They have the better defense. They have the better offense. I think laying only four points is a steal. There is the coaching change situation, but there's really no way to know how that's going to go, if that's going to help or hurt them. It could actually upgrade them. We have seen that before, and it may not. We really don't know. So I'm not factoring that change in at all. I just think that this is a great number to lay with LSU because I think the end of the game is going to be – they're going to be up around four or five, and then there will always be a foul that pushes us out further – I think this number should be six, seven, somewhere in that ballpark. Iowa State's had a great year, but as we saw towards the end of the year, they struggled. And I think that there is um, that's more who they are than the hot stretch that they had early. Uh, totals 127 and a half. That does seem a shade high to me. This definitely feels like a first to 60 wins type game. Jake, what do you have for us? I'm actually on the other side of this one. I, I think LSU is a mentally weak team. We've seen them fall apart at the end of games, and I think they've packed up. Coach left because he moved up, upgraded, got another job, retired, or some medical thing or anything. He left because he was fired, because he was a cheater and a bad person. Um, that's my opinion. I don't like the guy. Uh, but take that as you will. Thing that really comes back to bite them, especially when a team like Iowa State has struggled this, at the last half of this year, really since conference play started. But their defense has always been there. It's it's not that they for, totally lost that. It's just they forgot how to score. They've been outscored by the clock too many times. But I think they do enough. I think they actually win this game because I don't think I think LSU's done. I think those guys like Tari Easton and Pinson and all them are looking for the next NBA stuff. I don't I don't see them really caring for this game, just based off my observations from watching them. Uh, I could be wrong. They, they like, if everything's going right, they are the better team. I just think with this whole situation and the whole thing, I don't, I don't think they want to be there anymore. Yeah. As, as the, as the statistician is the number cruncher. If you're listening to this and you've talked to some of the players, then I think that's a great angle. Otherwise, unless we've talked to the players, I feel like yeah. I, I personally, I personally, this is my two cents. I personally don't buy into that. Um, it's one of those situations where we see that absolutely happen, but then we see the opposite happen too, where they're excited to go play with a different coach. So I have zero idea how that's going to affect them. Um, 
like you did say, Iowa State definitely a good defense. Uh, LSU a great defense. Uh, that's why I said I think yeah. the under is definitely something to look at yeah. as well here, especially considering uh, both these offenses could go into turtle mode at any point and just completely disappear. Um, but again, that's my second A pick for you there, LSU minus four. Uh, Wright State, Arizona, 627 p.m. Central Time. The model thinks Arizona should be a 20-point favorite. And so I'm staying away from the size, and I'm going to take over 156 and a half. That is a giant number. It's a B pick on that over for me. Arizona plays just as fast as Bryant does, and we saw that game was insane with the pace. It started off kind of slow for the first four to eight minutes, and then all of a sudden it just took off. I would be shocked if Arizona doesn't get to 90 uh, they might even get to 100 in this game. Wright State has been playing well offensively. I don't know how many points Wright State scores, but if Arizona gets towards 100, we got the over in the bag, and then we don't have to stress about how the end plays out. Arizona does have a good defense, but they have a fantastic offense, and Wright State wants to play. They want to play fast. They want to score a lot of points. I think they can score a decent amount of points. Jake, the question, of course, is can they score enough to cover 21? No. Uh, no. Uh, congratulations on your win. Uh, yeah. Hey, first win in history. I'm, I'm so happy for you. It, it ends quickly. Um, this Arizona team is so good, so long, so tall. And, I mean, that that game, Bryant could not buy a bucket. That game, They should have won that game by 20 based on how hard it was for Bryant to score, even open shots. And, 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 Bryant, and Bryant still scored. 80 some odd points in that game. Like imagine if Brian had actually hit a bucket or two, like you yeah. said, then then they would have given up a hundred points to Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so it's, I, I think the overs an easy play here. Um, it's Arizona is going to be, they're still trying to like, this might be a warm up game for crease that we don't know if he's going to play. It doesn't look good. He was in a boot that was looking pretty nasty, but they might've been overly cautious with it or playing mind games with people. I, I don't know, but it's really hard to tell sometimes with these college injury reports. Uh, but so I, I think they're just going to be able to run through them. And, and they're not even going to try to blow them out of the water this bad. It's just going to be one of those things that, like, Wright State makes a mistake and then it's an open alley-oop dunk because Wright State doesn't have anybody that's touching seven foot and Arizona's got three guys. So it's just – it's I'm, I'm so, congratulations on your win. But uh. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, every year we see one – of the one or two seeds get to a hundred points. Obviously Gonzaga is a candidate for that. Arizona, the other candidate for that. Uh, and Wright state with the pace that they play is like, like you said, they're not going to be able to help it give up a ton of points at eight twenty PM central time. So now we're to that last quadrant of games. You've got UAB and Houston. Houston is an eight point favorite with a total of 136. I really like both of these teams. I like I like when I back both of these teams. Unfortunately, you can't do that. Uh, the number seems pretty spot on. The model makes it right around eight. Uh, I don't want to fade Samson unless I have a good reason. So I can't. I, again, I usually lean dogs on these things, but that's a scary play for me personally. So I'm personally avoiding the side. I'm going to go with a total. It's a C pick for me over a hundred. And 36. Houston's offense is better than their defense. It's not the prevailing narrative, but their offense is better than their defense. UAB's been an over team on the season, and 136 isn't that many points. So I'm going to go over 136 with a C pick. Uh, Jake, can Houston win by more than eight, or does UAB hang in there and make it an interesting game? 
I like UAB here. Uh, Houston's been struggling to keep teams like they've been putting them away towards the end uh, of games, and I don't think that happens here. You've got a very well coached Andy Kennedy, and they. I know like there's a lot of transfers on this UAB team, but it's high transfers that moved a half step down, not like people moving up. So these guys are used to playing in these big style games. Um, Houston's conference really didn't do them any favors in games. No. I mean, like Memphis being the best team they played, Memphis turns the ball over at a stupid rate, um, like 16 turnovers a game. It's just nuts. And that like that kind of helps Houston, right? You keep forgetting that many extra possessions, you're, you're bound to beat, beat them. And then they lost to Memphis two out of three times, even with that happening. I think you're going to be looking at Jordan Jelly Walker. He's gone for 40 twice. I think he's going to be an incredible, uh, tough matchup for this Houston team to slow down. They're very – like, the UAB team is underrated. They're very good at three-point shooting. They're up there right around 37 38%. Um, and they make quite a few a game. I know, like, the MTSU game was kind of wild, but you got to remember that was the third time time they played it in conference. So don't put too much stock into that, that it went to, what, two, three overtimes? It was a lot. Yeah. Uh, and the UAB team is very good. I think they stand a decent chance. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I like both of these teams. It's unfortunate when they when you have two teams that you like that you want to back playing each other because you know it, it doesn't work that way. So uh, I will uh, enjoy picking whoever wins coming out of this potentially in the next yes. round. Uh, Davidson versus Michigan State, eight forty p.m. Central. We've got a pick'em for this one, so an evening game that should be a real close one. Total of a hundred and forty and a half. The model thinks. Total should be 141-ish, so not really a great edge on the total. Not really a great edge on the side, but I'm going to take Davidson in this pick -em. This is more about my model has underestimated Davidson and overestimated Michigan State, and so I think if that continues, Davidson's the side you want. It's the side that I trust. This is... Um, I don't want to give any Izzo hot takes or not hot takes. I, I want to fall right in the middle of that. I feel like he's a good coach, and sometimes his teams do well, and then sometimes his teams don't, just like anybody. Like to, to say that you're going to to have a you know a coach that never has early exits and that makes him a bad coach is insane, right? We we saw Duke as a two seed lose one year. We've seen. Baylor as a three seed and a four seed lose in the first round. And that doesn't mean Scott Drew's not a good coach. So no hot takes on Izzo for me. Sometimes their teams lose early. That, that happens, but he makes a lot of big runs. Uh, so I, I'm not going to say, you know, he always makes deep runs because that's not true. I'm not going to say they always flame out because that's not also true. I, I don't, I know there's always a lot of hot takes about, about Izzo. Um, I just think Davidson is the side that I trust with this Davidson team and this Michigan State team. Uh, Jake, who are you picking to win between Davidson and Michigan State? I'm going Davidson. Um, as, as for Izzo, it's either feast or famine in uh, the March Madness for him. He's either first round exit to him, like they should have been favored instead of the Michigan State team, or you've got a Final Four appearance, right? Like they don't, they don't. It's rare that they do something in between. And the um, thing is, you never really know which it's going to be, right? There's yeah. no predictability to it. It's not yeah. like a oh well, when they're seated like this, they do well. When they're seated like this, they do bad. It's just sometimes yeah. they're seated low and they just make a run. Sometimes they're high and they make a run. Sometimes yeah, they, yeah, you just never know with them. Yeah. And I, I think I've gone on this rant before. I, I mean, I'm not, when I say this, I don't mean Mich he's a bad coach. What I'm saying is I think he's overrated. He won championship in 20 years. I know there's a bunch of final fours in there, but uh, Michigan state is struggling coming in. They've lost yeah. eight of their last 13. And in those, and four of those wins are three against Maryland, who was bad. 
just bad team. And then one against a hobbled Wisconsin. And so that's so of the other two games, that's the only two value wins you would see in it. Coming into play, they're struggling with turnovers. Stepped up and played well has been Appleby, and he's questionable tonight. So that's that's tough. Um, I mean, they've got some like Bingham Jr. is good and tall and athletic, and that's their biggest advantage going in this one is uh, him being seven foot and being athletic because Davidson doesn't have really that kind of guy. But Foster Lawyer and Hung Young Lee and Bragajevich uh, are very very good. They shoot the ball. Well, we've talked all year. They're very, very good. Uh, I just, I, I think they win. I think Michigan State's stumbling so much coming into this. They don't play great defense. They don't really play great defense all year. Um, if those three balls aren't going for them, they're they're really going to have a hard time in this one. Yep, yep. I definitely agree. Colgate versus Wisconsin. 8.50 p.m. Central. Wisconsin is an eight-point favorite. The model thinks Wisconsin should only be a six-and-a-half-point favorite, so it's a B pick for me on Colgate. Um, Colgate has an edge when they have the ball, obviously not the other way around, but the fact that they're going to have a better offense than Wisconsin's defense, I think that allows them to hang around. Uh, surprising because we're so used to thinking of Wisconsin as such a great defensive team. Uh, and this team, this Wisconsin team, you know, kind of thrives off of offense. I think there's lots of ways that Colgate could hang in there and uh, either potentially get an upset. I think that's on the table. And or if not, I think they can keep it close, lose by five or six. I think eight is too many points. Jake, obviously the big question is, Johnny Davis, because we know with Johnny Davis, Wisconsin has a chance to make the final four and without, they've got a chance to lose here to Colgate in the first round. So what do you have for us? Yeah, I, I want no part of this one. If gun to my head, picking, I'm picking Colgate here because um, it's all Johnny Davis, right? Yeah. Without Johnny Davis, this Wisconsin's an NIT team. Um, he really is that big of a difference just because he makes matchups hard and he can carry a team. So it's, it's really going to be tough on him. Uh, if he's not at 100%, as you saw the big tournament, he, that he is he is so important to that offense. He's the only one that can really create a shot. Tyler Wall, Tyler Wall is probably um, their second-best player going in, and uh, he's not really that great with his back to the bucket. He's kind of a give it to him and he can finish or kick out and shoot. Uh, but gun to my head, I'm taking Colgate. All right, and then that'll take us to our last game for Friday, a game that I want no part of, really, TCU versus Seton Hall. Seton Hall is a one-point favorite. The model thinks Seton Hall should be a 1.7-point favorite, which because I'm playing at a book here with minus 105 on Seton Hall, not minus 105 everywhere, just minus 105 on Seton Hall versus minus 115 on TCU, I've got a B pick on Seton Hall at minus one, whatever. I like the minus 105, but I mean, these two teams are mirror images of each other. Literally anything can happen. I think this game is all about just finding whatever better odds you can, because who the heck knows what's going to happen. I make the total spot on. We know exactly what we're going to get on this total, which is why it's spot on. There's no real edge to kind of say, looking at it this way, you look at it this way. I mean, these two teams are so similar. It's, you know, like I said, we know exactly what we're going to get there. It's just who's going to make shots. And the answer to that is always, how do you know? And when they make them at the same clip and they, I mean, who knows? Like I said, I like the minus 105, so I'm laying the one point with Seton Hall. But I, I mean, my summary of this game is whatever. It should be a great game, but it's also of no consequence because whoever wins this game almost assuredly loses in the next round. So 
I don't know. Maybe you can maybe you can sell people on this game, Jake. What do you have for us? Uh, I like these. Um, I, I think that that defense they've got is very good. They've got um, their deeper team. I mean, they're not that good of a team, but you know, they there's not a big of drop off between their starters to bench as most teams are. Um, Seton Hall's been beat up all year. Um, a healthy Seton Hall. Um, like I said, I'm all over them, but they just. That injury keeps growing, and nobody seems to ever come off of it. It just, it just add to it, yeah. and I think I think it comes back to get them here. They've made a made a made some run at the end of the year. Um, they're a very good team, very well coached team. Um, for some reason, the free throw off, and I don't know if that's due to injuries and who's who, who's now forced to shoot free throws because they were in the like lower seventies, but now they've dropped to sixty six, which is where TCU has been all year. So. There's not really anything to split off there between these two teams. So I'm, it's like I said, this is a tough one. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure why Seton Hall's favored, but like I think yeah, uh, I lean TCU. All right, so I, I feel like uh, I'm on Seton Hall, Jake. You're on TCU, but not one that we're fighting over because one that we really yeah. don't, don't. I will fight. I will fight you on LSU. I think LSU is the smart play. I will fight yeah. you on that one. This one, I'm not going to fight you on. I'm just gonna be like, yeah. I, I get whatever. It, yeah. it, get, it should yeah. be a good game. It should close out our Friday with some fun, hopefully. But yeah. uh, a lot tougher of a game to find an edge with uh, betting wise. And that wraps it up for today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out that Google Sheet for predictions on every tournament game. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button to ensure all the college basketball content dropped right into your feed. Also, if you want to drop a comment, uh, we kind of toyed with some different options this week. You know, Let us know how you like the format. If you like the one long show, if you like it broken up, let us know if you like these out the day before. We kind of debated you know, doing all the Thursday games on Thursday, all the Friday games on Friday. So just let us know uh, format-wise what you like. Uh, it's kind of inconsequential to us but we want to know what y'all want so that we can make sure to get you the right content the way that you want it so if you have any comments there let us know we love to hear those we'll see you tomorrow until then remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet your eating money